0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Reboot Show. I'm Sally A. Illingworth, your host, and today I'm excited to be here with Andrew Gunnis, Barry Papella, and Amy Smith to have a conversation about new technology tools uh, for the sales role uh, and the sales function of businesses. So. We've got Barry Papella with us today, who is a veteran deal maker. We've got Andrew Gunness, um, who is a sales executive and deal coach. And we've got Amy Smith, who is a regular panelist on the Reboot Show. So to get started, I'd love to hear from you, Barry. What are your thoughts on sales as an art or as a science?
1: Well, sales is both, right? So, so the science of selling is know yourself, know your customer, and know your competitor. You can have all that data, but if the customer doesn't want you, um, that's an emotional response. So the reality is the, the uh, I want you, I have confidence in you and I trust you are the three areas of the art. So we've combined the two as much as possible. Science shows us that emotions drive our behavior. And so to understand the, how people behave, we need to understand not only what they think, but how they feel yeah and, and and that is really critical and especially when you 're influencing you know um, the soft what I call the intangible um the i want you I, I have confidence in you and I trust you is intangible the others are tangible so you need to combine the intangible with the tangible to actually get a a, a momentum going in the deal um, if you don't if you don't do that uh, you miss the the buying signals you, you miss the fact that you know um and especially in today's environment it's really difficult because you can't read the body language it's really hard <laughs> yeah um, and and in face-to-face meetings you can sort of read the body language and you can see other people looking at each other when you say something and you say oh did I, did I strike a chord or did i, did I strike you know miss a chord mm-hmm. um but the, the reality is people buy from people and people buy from people they like the people they trust.
0: And and on that note, Andrew, in your experience as, a, as an experienced sales executive, do you think that um, there's quite a challenge for sales executives in terms of maybe learning some of those sort of intangible skills, if you like, that Barry spoke to, particularly around sort of understanding the person, understanding the emotion? Like, is that something difficult to learn for sales executives?
2: Well, there's a saying, I guess, that, uh, you know, are people born... Salespeople, I, I think a lot of people go into sales because they they, they love the challenge. But uh, mm-hmm. I think those skills can be taught. Mm-hmm. And there's an old saying, you know, two ears, one mouth, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of people need to listen more. You need to be in the moment. And this comes back to the soft skills, right? We're talking a lot about the soft skills, and and a lot of the soft skills that Barry and I were taught. We went through 12 months of training. I mean, I went through entry level training with IBM. 12 months. Solid training without even meeting a customer.
0: Yeah, wow.
2: Um, those days are gone, unfortunately. I think there's now an opportunity for companies to realise, particularly when newer people, we call them the millennials, whatever, are coming into organisations, they do need a level of a process mm. that, that actually allows them to have a very constructive uh, meeting with a client to understand their needs, to build a solution, to move the sales momentum. But, but complex B2B sales uh, is a difficult thing. To be a salesman today or a salesperson is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. And, and do you any- think
0: it's become more difficult over time?
2: Uh, well, well, yes, because yeah. the, nature of, the nature of the solutions and products, if you're just selling a product, it's easy. If you're selling a product and a solution with outcome, difficult and of course buyers now have become incredibly savvy they know a lot more about you than you probably know about yourself when you enter the room Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: um and we talk about that's the buying cycle so a lot of buyers today because of the internet and because of what companies are putting up on their web pages and because of google uh and because of all the digital marketing that's done Mm -hmm. um buyers are very very savvy now so by the time you enter that room and you're talking to an executive buyer they've probably gone through 60 to 70 percent of their buying cycle so they've done the interpretation already that makes it difficult for a sales rep because customers have said well i've come
1: to this conclusion already and it could be the wrong conclusion yeah, yeah. and 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 the the only true battlefield in sales or business is in the mind of your client so mm-hmm. you have to keep your client or your customer at the uttermost front of every thought and, and, and what you're hearing. <clears throat> and, we,
2: and, and you hear a lot about customer centricity, yeah. being customer centric. It, it's now fundamental that you, you understand your customer as well as you possibly can mm-hmm. to allow you to actually say, my product or service can actually change your company in, in the way you're doing processes
1: mm-hmm.
2: and also actually impact their bottom line to do something different with your product or service. So it, it really is consultative selling. You've heard that many, many times, but, but uh, it's, it's very, very true. And, um, you know, those, the, those skills can be taught um, and the more experience that you have, and this is why coaches are very important because coaches have a role today in sales it's because a lot of salespeople don't see their own swing. this is why the number one tennis player in the world has a coach i mean what why why would the number one tennis player have a coach fundamental reason he wants to stay number one Mm. and he can't see his swing so sales coaches are becoming very important as part of the whole sales ecosystem today of what i call b2b complex selling and um that's why barry and i that's why we have a business Mm. Um,
0: yeah go for it amy
3: so, so to Andrew's point, I mean, we are in the age of social selling now. And so, you know, like both Andrew and Barry have said, like people are more educated when they're coming into that sales process. You know, 74% of people do do their online research and they're all over it with the social media. And I think sometimes we still have the notion of sales in our head as, you know, the wolf of Wall Street and always be closing and all these like old school, like more around the tactics and the, you know, the one liners and things to get people over the line when it's really about you know being able to help that customer feel understood and and having that customer-centric approach and that consultative approach um to your point andrew as well i think is is super important because it's only getting more complex as we go forward
0: and to that point amy um i'd love to hear from you guys um maybe yourself barry to start what do you think has always been one of the biggest bottlenecks if you like for people in that sales function and leading the sales aspect of a business
1: i think it's the sales Operations, the, the process. The sales process has become more about the process than the deal mm. in corporates. And when you see that, that's a huge red flag, right? Yeah. I mean, I had, when I was doing deals, and I used to have a boss that used to call me three times a day <laughs> and, how's the deal going? How's the deal going? I mean, it's, and I told him, hey, it, I'm standing here and I'll tell you how much the glacier has melted. Uh, I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's because it, from a corporate, the sales tools that were supposed to help the salespeople do the deals was all about how can I make my call and my forecast and my number? Mm-hmm. And the shortened cycles, before it was, you know, we might have a six-month cycle or a three-month cycle, the cycles are almost weekly now, you know, yeah. of reporting. So corporates have a have a big responsibility for reporting, but pushing that uh, agenda on top of the sales force takes away the customer's agenda.
2: Yeah, and particularly if you work for an, an American corporation, <clears throat> and maybe some of your viewers can relate to this. Mm. American corporations report to the stock exchange weekly now. Mm. So, and if you get your forecast wrong, in terms of, I'll give you an example. I, I worked for a semantic and, and if I called a number of 10 and I an, actually ended up at 11, I actually was reprimanded because yeah, I was reprimanded because I didn't know my business. So so what that means is that the granularity of focus around forecasting, have you qualified this deal? Will you close it? I mean, the guys are under enormous pressure today. Now, not so much working for Australian companies because Australian companies don't do that generally to the stock exchange, but, but both, whether you're working for an American company or an Australian company, mm-hmm what is important today is to, to your executives to say, are you calling that number and am I going to get that revenue in? And can I bill when that service lands? And, and that, that today is the number one challenge for sales, B2B sales professionals. Would you agree, Barry?
1: Yeah, because it takes away the reality. All, every company grows deal by deal. Mm. Right. And when you lose focus of that deal and you wonder why your growth is not happening or, is going through and 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 why you only have 20% of your salespeople that are successful and the others are pushing it through is you, you got to put the customer first. I used to tell my guys, you know, you come into the year, you get a quota, you get a budget, and I used to say it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a basket full of apples, beautiful, shiny apples. And and then halfway through the year, you have like maybe two rotten apples in there. Um, and, and it's because you didn't keep take a couple of those apples saying, those are the ones that are going to, that, that are true deals yeah. and you qualify them very quickly. And if you can't help, don't waste your time. Mm-hmm. And, and today, if you don't, the issue is if you don't have a very good qualified deal, then you chase everything.
3: Mm
2: you can't and, and and the problem is a lot of guys who don't know how to qualify well they can't tell the difference between an apple and a lemon
3: <laughs> right. there's that balancing act right between the the process you can either you know really over engineer that process where your sales team end up doing things that aren't actually helping them sell right the, a lot of them are spending time doing admin tasks or emails or anything like that right which is not actually helping them to hit their goals and the KPIs of the organization and then you can have no process in place like i remember i was working for a firm in london and it was just every man and woman for themselves you know in that sales team and it was so hard to track results it was so hard to your point andrew to figure out exactly what you needed to focus your time on as well and and to your point barry as well not waste time with people that weren't actually going to be conducive of, of helping you reach your goals so it's um i think there's that sweet spot in terms of that process there as well to to really um, eliminate any of those bottlenecks in the sales
2: process.
0: So in terms of using, yeah, so in terms of using technology to try and um, improve the role of the salesperson um, in terms of driving deals and getting deals across the line, um, but then supporting that back end sales process from a management and administration standpoint and, and reporting and compliance standpoint. Um, does anyone have any examples of where we've seen technology majorly fail at actually supporting? That,
2: that function of a business? Or... Well, I if I can have a crack at it, Barry, look, I, I think technology is great. I mean, I think we, Barry and I have been working in the technology industry for over 35 plus years. I, I know you find that very hard to believe. But, <laughs> um, you know, techno, we're technologists. Mm-hmm. So, so what does technology supposed to do? It's supposed to make people more productive. It makes uh, your job easier. Now, now if a piece of technology becomes the heart of the use of, particularly in a sales company, Mm. salespeople won't use it, Mm. you know, Mm. because they're they're, they're practitioners and they're practical. They have a job to do and the job, whether it is to make their budget or to achieve certain targets or to make the customer love them, whatever it is, they will pick and choose very quickly what technology works for them. Now, Mm. there are corporate elements inside of every company, that you say you must do this. Okay, be compliant. But I think technology really needs to enable salespeople today to unleash themselves, to have the ability to go and understand the client's needs and sell them a solution that's gonna be impactful. If the technology doesn't do that, they just won't use
1: it. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of um, people are using technology as a control. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as you start trying to control the salesperson who has actually no control over the customer, but has influence over the customer, um, you, th- they start um, questioning themselves and their confidence. W- one of the things I used to say is, you know, before an RFP is put out, if there if there is a document coming out, whether it's an RFP or a document from the customer saying this is what we want. And when I would sell it to that customer, I'd say, I want, you, I want you to do X, Y, Z, exactly what you said. And the document comes out and it says ABC. Um, and I call that the fog of sales. So now you're stuck in this document. Uh, the, the probity might come in for, for a moment. And then there's a gut feel that you have that you should have done something, but you didn't. Now, I think we should answer it this way. I think we should do X, Y, Z. And, the fog lifts and there's a customer shaking hands with your competitor in the corner. I'm thinking, I should have listened to my gut feel back then. Mm-hmm. But what happens is this is why the data is so critical, right, the, because if you, if you listen to your gut feel and know the data, then you can get rid of this folk wisdom, what I call folk wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's an overdependence of internal knowledge of what other people think. Um, is true.
0: And there's folk- probably a lot of, there's probably a lot of bias in that yeah. folk knowledge is, isn't
1: there? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. someone says, oh, you know, uh, why are we bidding for this deal? That customer is never going to buy from us. So I tried selling them for the last, you know, two, three times. And the salesperson, um, says, no, no, this has changed. And, and so the value of information offered by people who do not know your customer personally is almost mm-hmm. zero, particularly mm-hmm. in times of rapid change, like today. So who knows it? It's the salesperson t- talking directly with the customer,
2: and the, and and the flip side, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of organisations have lost deals because they've listened to their own BS, mm. right? And yeah. and it's, oh, we're the incumbent, we're fine, we're strong, we've delivered all this value. <clears throat> then all of a sudden, there's an RFP that comes out that they never even saw, mm. and they go, "What the hell happened?" So this all comes back to the point of knowledge this all comes back to data it all comes back to customer centricity but it also comes back to the ability of an organization to qualify whether it's a lemon or an apple mm. and that skill has been lost uh amongst the modern sales teams in my in my opinion and um and that's the reason why barry and i built the product that we built mm. to, to allow these people to <clears throat> excuse me look at an opportunity unemotionally, because emotion plays a big part in sales, right? Um, But unemotionally, based on data to say, should we pursue or not pursue this deal? So that uh,
0: process of, sorry, Andrew, that process of uh, qualifying a prospect, um, there's quite a a methodology that a business can adopt there um, and businesses can adopt sort of consistently among themselves, say, using Satinav. Um, to better approach that, that sales role. There is a methodology they can adopt. They don't need to rely on their biases and their, their folk knowledge to Barry's point.
1: But there needs to be a standardization. Um, mm. Without standardization, you can't have the rigor and discipline mm. to determine whether you're going to bid or no bid or how you're going to bid. Mm. Um, and then you can also coach through a standardization lens. Um, and one of the things that used to frustrate me when I was running large sales teams across asia pacific um is the the standardized there was no standardization for every deal it was different i'm trying to pick mm-hmm. all the, but i i want to know is it, i i used to ask my first question was what's the spirit of the deal and the guys would look at me and say what do you mean the spirit of the deal i said you know the spirit of the deal do they want us you know you walk into a room with 20 people and uh, you'll get to know 10 people really well. You, you'll, five people you'll um, sort of uh, chat with. And the other five, you might glance and never speak to them
0: mm.
1: because the spirits sort of just didn't connect. Mm. You, you,
0: no chemistry.
1: But, but, but you could end up marrying that person or, or becoming great friends with that person when you get to know them. But your very initial response mm. is, where's the spirit of the deal? So do they want us or do they need us? Mm. those type of questions. So we've put together um, 11 categories of, of being able to very quickly qualify. Mm. And you get and, and you understand very quickly what you know, and what you don't know.
0: Mm. So well, in the, terms of, um, sorry, Amy, I was, I was going to ask yourself, Amy, actually, in terms of maybe um, looking at whether it's a satinab, um or something else in terms of this, change management process for the sales role, the sales function um, and those processes and adopting technology maybe more strategically into that function of the business. What are, you, what are some of your thoughts on maybe how leadership can do that effectively, given there are maybe a lot of legacy challenges um, with you know, sort of biases and whatnot. And I know in my gut, this is the right thing, but that may not be the case. What are some adoption strategies that Leisha could be thinking about to engage the people in that process?
3: Yeah, well, you said the key word there is the people, right? I think sometimes we have these technology solutions, but they're not actually designed to work with the people that are trying to use them. So, you know, you have to have a really key understanding of that person's role, their day-to-day role, like their day-to-day role to a granular level to understand how do they normally function in their day and how can a technology solution intuitively play a part in that to enhance them rather than just becoming a barrier that, you know, you you say, oh, now we're using this X, Y, Z system, off you go. And then you just feel really lost because then you're scattered between all these different systems that don't talk to each other and don't work with each other. And that's the hardest part, right, is because you want it to be an enabler of people. Um, And so I think, you know, from a leadership point of view, there needs to be that sense of ownership and and allowing your employees to have that sense of ownership and showing them exactly how it's going to enhance their role rather than detract them from their focus of what their role actually is. So when you're talking about salespeople, you know, if you're spending days and days and days in these training workshops, I remember when I was in sales and sometimes I'd sit in these training workshops and I'd think, look, all I want to do right now is get on the phone and all I need to do right now is talk to the people I need to speak to in order to get those deals across the line this feels like a waste of time. So you need to sort of come at it from that level to really understand where your people are coming from and have those technology tools in place to support them. So it's just in time. And it like actually really helps them in the moment rather than just sort of a Band-Aid solution, if you like.
0: And I'd love to um, I'll
3: go
2: for it, Andrew. No, just picking up on Amy's point. And, and, and it, all of us have been through those terrible workshops, yeah. stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> and often taught by people who don't know what they're talking about. But that's another subject. Let's not go there. Yeah, but really good point, and this is why Barry and I, for the last two years, has have have been working on this tool. And we we our mantra is is made by salespeople for salespeople, mm. um, and our purpose is to actually through this tool to make salespeople successful that's it and and barry and i have looked at all the tools that are out there we jettisoned all the bad things we've taken some of the good things and we've we've, we've actually reinvented a sales tool for sales people and some of the areas within it are very very important like for example we've got the thing called the vault which barry can talk to we've got v coaching on it so when you click on a question what why are we asking this question and that'll be video supported We've got a thing called the pulse, which mm-hmm. and this is a, 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 a Barry knows very well, when a deal is on, it is on. Mm. And we 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 want to know what's going on inside the deal, both internally and externally. And it's not always about email, and sometimes you can't always have a conversation. So the tool we've created allows the team to actually say this is what's going on all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. And The other important aspect, and this is the go-to part of the tool is we've created a thing called the grid. Now the grid, as you can imagine, is like a maze and we've created 11 sections within this maze. Now anyone's walked through a maze, particularly in sales, you think I'm going to go down this direction. You hit a brick wall. Mm -hmm. We try and take those brick walls away Mm -hmm. and, and the tool is very intuitive. It works. And like any model, it's not 100% accurate, but it gives you a significant guide. So Nav, Sales Assessment Tool Qualification, Electronic, In-the-Cloud, SaaS. And we allow you to navigate through the difficult B2B complex of a sale. Now, here's the important thing. It will help you win. But as importantly, it will help you disengage and stop wasting your resources, your emotion, Mm -hmm. and the energies of a company on a deal that you're never going to win. That's as important in, 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 in today's business than, than, than winning. It's equally as important because you can take those resources and move on to a, a next deal.
0: So from a, so from a sales transformation standpoint, Andrew, what you're saying is that it'll effectively allow a lot of that guesswork to be removed. And then further, there's also probably a large element of um, information retention there for a business. Well, is that the, is that the is that the vault aspect of of the solution
1: yeah the the vault is corporate memory corporate memory of your sales corporate memory of your customers in that deal and corporate memory of exactly whether you won or lost so for instance, um, you bid for a piece of business and you lose it three years later they're up and they saying we're gonna bid again. Mm-hmm. what's changed there's no corporate memory the salesperson is probably left there's so the vault locks that deal in so you can look back on it Mm -hmm. and see exactly what happened the people that were there what they said what we said the whole lot and then the competitors oh these are the competitors there and and even to the point where you know you know i i I go and know yourself know your competition and know your competitor most people say absolutely and 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 when i talk about knowing yourself They talk about their people. This is my team. This is what we can do. When I talk about know your customer, those are the people there that we need to convince and know the way through. When I talk about the competitor, they don't know the people. Mm -hmm. So the people are important in these two categories, but they're not important here. That's why you don't know your competitor. You might know their products. You might know some of the other things, but if you don't know the people, and that's hard to get, that's what we focus on and really try to get it. Because once you do know most people repeat themselves on the strategy that they used before. And that's what I used to have when, um, you know, in IBM we had 21 quarters of of double digit growth. We knew every single competitor and I hired a lot of them um, because I got to know them. Yeah. And just on,
2: and just on the vault, we've been speaking to a lot of uh, chairmen of boards of companies and, and we're talking to them about what we do. And they've actually said to us, we could actually put that on our balance sheet, the the value of that information in the vault. Because if you think about it for a moment, and Barry's already talked a little bit about this, but you've lost the deal, you come back three years later. Where is all the energy? Where is all the assets? Where is all the presentations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? That could cost you hundreds of thousands or
1: millions of dollars.
0: It's like yeah. intellectual, intellectual goodwill in a well, sense. Well, it is. It, it is
1: it, absolutely, yeah. Because, because yeah. what happens is you get uh, people's opinions of why they lost or why they won. That's that folklore again. Yeah, that's a folklore. Right. And and and
3: opinions versus the data. Hey, yeah. and, <laughs> we and, love and the, the data. <laughs> and
1: and yeah. the thing is, a lot of times uh, you're ahead of yourself in your proposal and your solution, and now it's it's almost time to do, actually do it again. They're ready for it. There's there's so many c- complexities inside mm. inside a deal, and the deal is the deal. The, the other thing is the deal is the deal, right? Every deal is unique. Every deal has its own momentum, and and that's why we have a what we call a momentum meter. So you can see your momentum. The reason you lose deals, I believe, are twofold: is if you lose momentum, uh, your value proposition or unique value proposition proposition um starts to diminish
0: Mm.
1: right and if you gain momentum it's a time that your value proposition you need to really take it through time kills deals so you got to absolutely focus on that timing and there's a lot of deals that happened over the last three to four months that have been deferred because you know this great covid disruptors come in Mm. and customers have said oh do we really need to do that or so it's really brought the attention down to um, what the customers would basically um, say, you know, why should I change? Why should I change now? You know, w- why should you do it? Why can't we do it internally? And uh, why should I use you and your company and, and your product or service? And, and why should I spend the money? Yeah.
2: And, and, and status quo today is going to be a big competitor. Big. big because big uh, the companies are... Uh, you know, th- th- looking at all their costs yeah. because their revenues have co- collapsed. So status quo is gonna be a very big competitor. Now, uh, so one of the other things that our tool, tool does um, is very important. You lose deals on the basis of what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you lose deals on the basis of what you think you know. So the tool qualifies both ends of the spectrum and, um, it produces a very simple, uh, balanced scorecard, green, amber, red, red, bad, green, good. Mm-hmm. And, um, we spent years really literally the last two and a half years languishing over the questions. These are best in breed questions in all the sections, but more importantly, we've created some really interesting algorithms behind each of the questions that produces a result and, um, we're very excited about it and we can't wait for our launch. Our launch will be in September
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for the, to, the, to the broader market. It's now in testing mode. And um, if people want to uh, call us, they can go to uh, uh, au. and um, that'll be the landing page. There's a lot of information there and um, there'll be some telephone numbers as well. And we'd, We would love to talk to people about some of their, their issues.
0: I think it's going to be uh, quite transformational. Um, and I just want to backtrack for a moment, Barry, to what you were speaking about with regards to the, the, the vault aspect of the solution, if you like. And Amy, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So you mentioned uh, sort of your subpar poor experience, say, uh, you know, however long ago with uh, sales training as a part of that onboarding process. So with a, a concept and a solution, like say the vault, How do you envision that could potentially transform that onboarding process for people in that sales role for organisations if they were using a solution like this, where they could retain that intellectual property and that sort of uh, knowledge that's sort of built um, and generated throughout the process of going through experiences with different deals?
2: That's a, was that a question for me?
0: For for Amy, I'd love
2: to hear from
3: a people standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Sal, um, my phone went off. So do you want to just repeat that question real quick for me or just to cut that, that last little
2: bit? It's a really good question.
0: Yeah, so so <laughs> the question with regards to, so Barry was speaking to the vault aspect of the solution, um, which in effect allows uh, retention of IP and information, if you like, that's learned and, and archived from experience with deal mm-hmm. uh, relative to the business. So from an onboarding perspective, you were speaking earlier about your subpar experiences with training um, and onboarding, if you like, for a sales role. So how do you envision um, a concept and a solution like the vault could transform the way salespeople are onboarded for companies that are using this sort of solution?
3: Yeah, look, the thing is like salespeople need to be set up for success. You know, to Andrew's point earlier, it is a skill and it is a skill that you can learn over time. And there's some people that say they're born naturally as salespeople and other people aren't, but they need to have the right tools and they need to have the right backup, if you like, to be successful. And so being able to have the right information at their fingertips is crucial. You know, I remember uh, just when you are being onboarded in a sales team, you do rely on the existing team that's around you. And to Barry's point as well, there's a lot of folklore that goes on where you just sort of adopt what you're told uh, and that may or may not be correct. So when you've got that source of truth and you've got some more information where you can actually do a little bit of digging and investigating yourself and that intuition kicks in and that curiosity to actually sort of find your own answers to your questions um, is really important. And I think being able to get people to a point of success faster in a role helps them to really establish and start owning that role and gains that momentum for someone that's you know come on board from an organisation. Because I know salespeople, if they don't get success you know, in the first week or couple of weeks, it's a bit of a hit to the ego. And so they might start thinking, well, maybe this isn't a position for me, or maybe this isn't the right environment for me to really be successful in. Um, and so if you don't have that backup and that support, in that onboarding process, um, it, it will really come back to buy you.
0: So yeah. from, sorry, Barry, go for it. Yeah,
1: because the um, you need to know all the aspects of the data, including, um, can we make a profit? Can we deliver? Mm-hmm. Because the the worst thing than losing a deal is winning a deal you can't deliver.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and And the narrative from the corporate um, goes to the customers via the salesperson. And if delivery is not part of that, whether it's a product or a service or both, they need to be product a part of that. And the salesperson, it, it's upon them to ensure that the customers or that your promises to the customers are absolutely delivered and can be delivered, never mm-hmm. over
2: And I think one of the things that I've, I've observed over many, many years, <clears throat> you know, when you win a deal, everyone goes to the pub mm-hmm. when you lose a deal everyone runs <laughs> and and a high performing sales company regardless what it is takes the wins and losses very seriously on an equal footing right so mm-hmm. so learning from why you lost a deal and having all the data there to analyze it incredibly important because you won't make the same mistakes again if you can as importantly, to to understand why you won, and if you know why you won, just keep repeating it, because the competition will come in and change their mode of operandi every time. Mm-hmm. So, so I think win and loss reviews are very important, and the vault in the tool allows those workshops, if you want to call them that, uh, or reviews. You've got all the tangible evidence, and 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 um, that again, you know, by default, you get the vault. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it's
1: so, so bringing on new salespeople, um, yeah. you have the Vault, and we also have the V-Coach in every question of why you're asking the question, what you expect to get out of it? And if you're not trained in that, we have a linkage to two or three training. For instance, one of the, for me, one of the best um, competitive analysis tool comes out of Spin, the old Spin back in
3: 85,
1: mm. right? A very, very good tool. Yeah. Um, and so we, we link that saying, hey, go take this training course with Spin. Um, that- so yeah, to,
2: yeah, exactly. And so, so the tool is agnostic uh, regarding what the the tools, uh, sales processes, or tools that a company uses. But if you've got an internal investment, we can incorporate that into the tool and say, go there, go over here, go, use so it. So in
0: terms of, so in terms of, to your point, Andrew, about building out, say, high-performing sales teams, mm-hmm. um, it'd be great to understand what, how, how can a company successfully adopt a solution like this you know we sort of there was a bit of reference at the, the beginning of this segment around sort of where technology has potentially failed or not completely served that sales role so what what can a, an organization do to effectively and successfully adopt say Satinav? well the challenge
2: the, the problem that Satinav solves really really well is that a company has at the start of the year a number of opportunities whether it's incumbency or new business mm-hmm. and it's all about where does a company put its resources and they're not unlimited they're limited resources people money assets whatever into pursuing a deal now I can guarantee people listening to this program that our tool will increase the win rate by hundred percent now how can I say that I was going to
0: say that's a confident—that's a confident claim <laughs> to go out
2: with. Well, well, well. I'll tell you how it works. It's very—it's a very simple mathematics. If you're working on ten deals, and five of them you know, you know bid on and get the hell out of them, and five you will win. I've just increased i have just doubled your win rate, and that's what the tool does. It says, focus on those and get the hell out of those. Mm. And and you can speak to any sales director in the world, and they'll tell you. That they've worked on deals that they should never have worked on mm. um because the sales rep may have been very convincing
3: and you feel like you should as well sometimes you feel like Absolutely. that's your
2: job it's and it and, and it may be the only opportunity that you have right exactly. so it takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of guts to say you know mr they know say we're saying no we're, we're getting out we're going to find another deal you'd you'd agree with that barry
1: wouldn't you? yeah well this goes back to sun tzu right sun tzu said you know know yourself know your customer know your competitor if you know all three, you will never lose. Correct. And the reason, and everyone says, ah, oh, that's crap, you know, but, but it's not crap because if you know you're going into a fight with a competitor that you're mm. going to be, get beat up on, you don't go into that fight, mm. right? You change the rules. You try to change the rules. And if you can't change the rules, walk away because you can't win. Um, so in
0: your experience, Barry, who would you envision is, say, the, the decision maker or the leader in an organization um, in terms of looking at a solution like Satinav, Who needs to lead that, that transformation consideration?
1: Well, I think, the sal- one, the sales people have to see it as a tool that makes them successful, mm-hmm. right? As a sales manager, um, it en- enables you to coach your team on that those are the two areas right it's a practitioner's tool Mm. Um, the the corporate part is yeah we link into your crm yes we we do the vault uh, and yes we we can take all of your assets and link it into each of the categories uh, in training assets Mm. so so for me um you have a tight team and a deal and I used to tell my guys, hey, if you want, and, and you might have an account manager, you might have sub- subject matter experts, technical, you got to bring them into the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to see your name in lights, your name will be the only name in lights on every loss report, because it means that as a deal maker, you didn't bring the te- team together, mm-hmm. right? And, and on the win report, your name will be on a list somewhere, because... People buy from people and teams sell as teams. Mm. And complex sales always needs some type of a team, whether it's a little bit of delivery, or finance, mm. executive, account management. If it's a transaction, one-on-one, uh, simple transaction process, which, which can be difficult to sell, but um, that's not our tool, that's not what we're focusing on. Yeah. But, but to your
2: point, Sally, uh, if, if I can answer it this way. F- first of all, we're happy to sell one license. Because we've created a practitioner, so it's like going into a Harvey Norman and oh, sorry, to Bunnings and so I'm a builder, I want to buy a hammer. They go, No, no, you got to buy 20. No, no, we don't. don't. But on the flip side of that, if we're dealing with a a large enterprise that sees the value in the product, we're happy to sell uh, an enterprise license. So, so yes, a sales director, but but here's the thing every tool must be owned by someone or any sales process must be owned by someone internally. If mm-hmm. it's not owned by a sales director or the chief executive officer or the managing director, and they say, this is the way we're going to do it, it will probably fail. So there has to be a, a level of ownership and a level of leadership around senior folk to say, you know what, this is good, it does work, and we will, we will apply all the necessary skill and rigor to it. And this is the way we sell around here.
3: Mm-hmm. So that's,
2: that's the culture.
3: That top-down and approach, right, Andrew?
2: It's absolutely yeah. it's very, very important. And, and, and the flip side, tools fail is because they don't deliver value to the practitioner. And um, if they're too, too hard to use, too cumbersome, too slow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, too burdensome, people will go, I'm not going to use it. Mm. And, and that's what's happened. I've seen it many, many times.
0: Mm. What would you say, Let's. I'm just mindful of time, but what would you say um, are your individual key takeaways for the audience today in the context of sort of transforming that, that sales space with the technology tool like, for example, Satinav? Amy?
3: I think, yeah, you need to think about the environment and the complexity that we're in in today's world and how even more complex that's going to become. Um, And, you know, with COVID times, so many people working remotely and everything as well, like, how do you get that source of truth when you're not actually sitting next to someone in the office and can have that conversation? So I think it's important for leaders to really think about not just where we are now, but actually where we're heading and think about their people and what their people need in order to support them in their roles, not just about, you know, oh, let's just get something because I think it's great. It's actually thinking from a people point of view about getting something that will serve them.
1: Barry? Yeah, Yeah, I I, I think the, um, to me, the deal is the deal. You grow one deal at a time. And I think it's either, I can't remember the Chinese or Japanese proverb that says, uh, he who chases two rabbits catch none. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because you need to focus on that customer. And if you can't catch it, you, you will catch another one. But you got to focus on one at a time. Um, and what our tool has been able to do is saying we can categorize exactly where that's at with your momentum.
2: Mm-hmm. Andrew? Yeah, and, and I, I love this word. I've been hearing it a lot through the, the, the COVID times. The Band-Aid has been ripped off.
3: There you go. <laughs> and the band-aid has
2: been ripped off inside of sales organizations. And it goes something like this if the sales process is more important than the sale, you're in big trouble. And I guess what our tool does, it gets right to the heart of a deal. To Barry's point, an organization grows deal by deal by deal. Mm-hmm. And and that's what our technology does. We've tested it, it works. We're very excited about it. And um this has been an awesome, awesome discussion. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Thank you very much, um, Andrew Garnas, Barry Pappella and Amy for joining us today. Um, I'm sure the audience has enjoyed this conversation around sales technology. Um, and we will be sure to link in your website for Sati NAV, which I believe is launching is the beginning of September.
2: September 1st, first day of spring. We're gonna spring into the market. <laughs>
0: beautiful thank you so much for joining us today um to our audience watching this segment please do make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel and we look forward to seeing you on the next segment thanks guys
1: thank you